We acknowledge the traditional landowners of this country. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. We would particularly like to acknowledge the traditional landowners of the land on which we stand. I am on Wiradjuri land. Tam stands on the land of the Dharawal people and Laurie on the land of the Tarabal people. We express our great gratitude in sharing this land with you. Remember our disclaimer, materials and content in this podcast are intended as general information only and should not be substituted for medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Hey everyone, it's just Lori. I just want to tell you about two things just before we jump into today's episode. One is about the pelvic health community. So it's an online education platform for pelvic floor physios. It was previously known as the Physiotherapy Clinic Education. Now they are the pelvic health community, but it's absolutely brilliant. The new platform has an app that you can use Um, It's a paid membership for education content. It's a beautiful community. There's lots of people being able to discuss various topics. There's over 35 hours of uploaded professional development videos that are continually added each year. So I think you get 35 every year. Monthly live in-services, monthly live Q&As, weekly uploaded video content on a range of topics. I'm gonna put the link in the show notes come join us there. It's so much fun, slightly addictive. The other one that I wanted to remind people about or tell you if you haven't heard about it is the PB conference that is in Brisbane this year, Friday 27th of October 2023. It's all about endometriosis. This is for any health professional interested in this area. There are gynecologists, doctors, physios, dietitians, nutritionists, sonographers. There are so many amazing speakers that are going to be here. It's at the Howard Smith Wharves, which is an absolutely beautiful space. I, again, will also include the link to that. But we're talking about understanding the fundamentals and symptoms of endo, current management strategies for endo, the future of women with endometriosis, And that was one of the best conferences that they put on last year. So it is going to be a cracker. So everyone come join us. All right. Now I'll let you listen. Um, I'm just so excited because again, I feel like because 2020 made us skip time in our brain, I think I feel Mm. like it wasn't that long ago that we chatted about this. But then when I look at the years and I'm like 2018, you were discussing Mm -hmm. this and now it's 19, 20, 21, 22, 22, to count on my fingers, five years. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. This is crazy. Crazy. So you get to, Mm. um, we've come a long way. We've come a long way. Yeah. Totally come a long way. So are you happy if we just get into it and then we just chat about it? Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Beautiful. Well, I was going to say welcome to the Pelvic Health Podcast, but you've been be here before. So welcome back to the Pelvic Health Podcast. And it's not just me. We are missing Fiona Rogers, but that is okay. She is busy. Um, but we've got Joe and Tam. And today we are interviewing the wonderful Jennifer Kruger, <laughs> Dr. Dr. Jennifer Kruger, um, who was on the podcast in 2018 discussing the vaginal pressure profile. And we called it Measuring Vaginal Pressures with Dr. Jennifer Kruger. It was in November 2018, so people can go back and listen to it. 
Um, and then we discussed the early work behind Juno Femme and the FemFit, which is really what we're going to get into today. Um, but I had the absolute pleasure to spend an entire weekend with you in New Zealand, Jenny, at the Auckland Bioengineering Institute the coolest people I have like met (laughs) and just the environment. And it made me want to be an engineer, but my brain is not, um, I don't think my brain would work (laughs) for that. Um, But she's here. She's a wealth of knowledge, has a PhD in sport and exercise science, 15 years of clinical experience in nursing and midwifery. And now the CEO and co-founder of JunoFem, which is a med tech company on a mission to free women from the stigma of urinary incontinence. Welcome. Thank you. So lovely to be back here. And thank you for the opportunity to to give you all an update on the last five years. Goodness, it doesn't feel like five years, but um, wow, it has been five years. But we have come a long way in that time. And um, I'm quite excited to to tell you where we're at right now. So thank you for this amazing opportunity. Our audience is um, usually mostly pelvic health physios, I think, around the world, Um, Mm -hmm. thanks to Laurie. What I would love, and I know lots of our audience would love to know, is a little bit more about your background because we've all read your papers and it's just uh, so fun to speak to you in real life. (laughs) Um, You've done so much amazing work, which, as I said, we've all read over the years and implemented into our clinical practice. And I imagine that part of your um, motive behind uh, sort of designing something like this was so that you could understand uh, pelvic floor muscle function in far more detail from a research perspective. Is that mm-hmm. one of the reasons, at least, that you came oh, up with Oh, that was it? the primary reason. Yeah. That was the absolute primary so. reason. So the creation of a pressure sensor array was purely with the idea that we could understand function um, in a much more granular manner. So what was happening along the length of that vagina during and coming from an exercise perspective, what could we tell? When was it too much pressure? What was the advice that these women were getting? Is there any evidence behind any of that advice? And so that was really the preemptive push to create um, something that we could reliably, I guess, use to at least capture one of the physiological measurements of function. So it's not the only one, of course, there are others, Mm. but it's a relatively easy one. And so um, my background is actually uh, quite a a convoluted path, but I started off clinically, as, as Laurie mentioned, doing nursing and midwifery. Um, My passion has always been women's health, so I've spent most of my life in that space. Uh, I did midwifery for about 10 years, 15 years. I had a a real interest in um, recreational running. I ran a couple of marathons, did a few, um, but but nothing nothing too flash, but, but really interested in the sports and exercise space. And I was fortunate enough, um, I guess, to be able to look at the combination of childbirth and and athletes. And Mm -hmm. that was the topic of my PhD was really looking at, at that time, there was this notion that um, athletes had a hard time in labor and uh, looking after them at the coalface, 
there were indeed many that came through that really struggled with that second stage of labor. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I was particularly interested as could we figure out the mechanisms as to why that was? Because there's so many other factors being an athlete that you'd think would be a positive for, mm, for labor because labor itself is kind of like a marathon. Um, and so that led the, led me down the road of trying to see, well, can we measure what's happening at the level of the pelvic floor? Because that's what has to happen. It has to stretch enormously. Mm -hmm. And you've all read the papers from John Delancey as to how much it has to stretch, like four mm -hmm. times its normal length. So physiologically, that would break any other muscle. Um, why doesn't it break? Well, sometimes it does, but normally <laughs> it doesn't. Yes. Um, and so that... I guess, put me on a pathway to see, can we create instrumentation that can reliably measure what's happening um, at the pelvic floor? And so I guess um, after my PhD, I was fortunate to get a, a fellowship at the Bioengineering Institute. They've hosted me here. I created a pelvic floor research group within the institute, which was pretty challenging in the beginning, but um, I'm very lucky to be working with a, a group of bioengineers who are amazing, a really amazing wow. group. And um, I think what was interesting for them was there's clearly a clinical need. So it didn't, they can often create things which are cool and fantastic, but kind of looking for an application. Whereas here we came to them with a specific need and worked together to see if we could create something thing which was really of use. So that's kind of my journey. I mean, I've I've looked at the um, implications, tried to look at the implications of intra-abdominal pressure on pelvic floor muscle function, in different exercises, using a, an earlier variation of FemFit. It wasn't even called FemFit then. We've looked at um, using FemFit now, actually, currently in women with pain in endometriosis, can we measure what's happening pre and post? We've looked at prolapse. Can we see uh, differences in the pressure profile? And does that help make you um, inform your decisions around the types of surgery you might be doing? I've also done a lot of work using sound as a mechanism for measuring function. Um, he's frozen yeah I was hoping oh, it wasn't no. me yeah I thought it was me too Difficult I missed comeback. that <laughs> oh wait you just froze oh, sorry oh no <laughs> oh, it <was laughs> last it was only the last part um the last part that you said that you if you use some device for. something 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 uh, was, was it transperineal ultrasound? Did you get that bit? We didn't, we didn't, get, no, we that didn't bit. get that bit. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that, 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 I guess that was just to illustrate that um, ultrasound is another way to look at function. Uh, I think we all have to be a little careful when we interpret our ultrasound images, that we are looking at images. We're not looking at the mechanics of the muscle itself. We're just looking in geometry so but nonetheless it is it is a, a way that people use to look at what's happening um at the level of the pelvic floor and it's difficult you all know it's difficult because of where they are we can't see them <laughs> it's not like your biceps so yeah so kind of that's you... my background and I guess um we we went along this path of commercialization started two three years ago now 
And um, that was for a few reasons. One, we got um, quite a big non-diluting government grant. And part of the outcomes of that grant were to grow the medical device industry within New Zealand. So they wanted you to commercialize your research. They didn't want to help you, but they wanted you to do that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> having that funding supported the, the research. So it supported us iterating on the design, looking if we could improve how it was um, manufactured, all that sorts of things. And then um, we kind of embarked on this commercialization, which has been way harder than anybody <laughs> would ever imagine. <laughs> and I've brought a FemFit actually to show you. That is pretty cool. Hold it up again, Jenny. What does it look like, this FemFit? You can see it's it's got eight tiny little sensors. Looks a bit like a lens. Christmas tree. <laughs> and the reason it's a bit like a Christmas tree is um, these little, we call them scallopy edges, fit into the rugae of the vagina. So oh, it's it's very oh flexible. It's very thin. So when you do a pelvic floor contraction, and you'll know this, you change the dynamics of those muscles or the dynamics of the muscle changes the shape. So the fem fit will change with it. So it's not a space occupying device. It's meant to measure the pressures that are present. It's not meant to create a pressure. So if mm. you can think of the others that you use intravaginally, like an LV or a probe or an e-stim or anything, as soon as you put it into the vagina, you've already got a pressure mm. because that's what pressure mm. is. Mm. Whereas what we're trying to do is each little pressure sensor in its own little air pocket will measure the pressure that is at that anatomical location at that moment. So the Amazing. fact that we've got this pressure sensor array means you can create a profile. So you know there's a naturally a, um, a, a pressure differential from the top to the bottom. So the pressure is not static in the vagina. It changes. So the high pressure zone, which you may be familiar with, is where your pelvic floor muscles are situated. So the, the femfoot will pick that up. And it'll pick it up um, during a voluntary contraction and it'll pick it up during any other sorts of change in exercise. And the other features, it'll pick up abdominal pressure or the surrogate for abdominal pressure right at the top of the vagina. So we measure intra-abdominal pressure or a surrogate for intra-abdominal pressure right up near the posterior fornix if you've got a still got your uterus and your cervix. And that will, the femfit will pick that up on sensor eight. And so you will get that differential between pelvic floor pressure and abdominal pressure, which is a very unique feature of this device. And mm. nothing else does it with the accuracy that we do. So it is amazing, of course. Brilliant. Yeah, because all the others would, um, and I guess if you put the other devices in, then you're not sure what the pressure is coming from, right? So they're doing exactly. a pelvic floor contraction, but it could be abdominal pressure as well. Be, yeah. What you should do is, is a matter of for fun is you should use all three and see what happens. So the, mm. the top other ones on the market that you will be familiar with. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. You when you say measure all three, you didn't mean all at once. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was like. That would right. be fun though. <laughs> oh, sorry. Because no. with, the, with the FemFit, you could pretend, I mean, there's a lot of room, right? With the FemFit yeah. because it's so small, you could fit other things, but don't, that's not no, what we're saying. No, but don't. No, but please don't. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. 
does it come up as a little that's the intra-abdominal pressure and that how does it talk to so, so what it does is it connects to an app on your phone it's very pretty and I love all of the colors and it's very visual which is hard on a podcast because it's only audio. Yeah, so we will put links and things you know, so that everyone can see. Um, I'm such a visual learner. And I think too, with patients, like yeah. for us to then tell them what is happening, but they can't see it and half the time they can't feel it. I think so it's so much more helpful. So each of these little dots corresponds to one of the senses in the femfoot. Mm-hmm. So the uppermost dot, the black dot, you can see as a black dot, it will represent your abdominal pressure. So the instructions to the end user is keep the purple bars higher than the black bar. So it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. It's just to keep your technique correct. So the FemFit's available for you as physiotherapists to use in the clinic, but it's also available for women to purchase themselves and to help guide them through a valid and correct. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna do your pelvic floor exercises, let's do them properly, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, you don't want to spend three months doing something and nothing happens because you're actually not doing it. Your no, technique is squeezing all. your belly. Yeah, yeah. Can you can belly. you use it as a clinician? Because I get excited about it. Then, um, can, yeah. can you can you get them standing, for example, um, and lifting a weight and see mm-hmm. what happens in terms of their intra-abdominal pressure versus pelvic floor pressure? So, because this has been a request from many physios over the years, we have given you a special little feature on the app called Freestyle. Mm -hmm. The 12-week program is progressive, but it's progressive in terms of the intensity, but also the position of the exercise. So by month three, your patients are all standing up. So they're all standing to do their exercises. So Mm -hmm. this has to be able to be in position when they're standing. And that's why Mm. we're flexible. And that's why we've got the little Christmas tree so that it stays in place. Uh Yeah. So yes, we've given you the option now of this little freestyle where you can get your patient to pop the femfit in. You have to wait till till the bird baselines. So you just wait and it'll, it'll settle. And then you can ask them to do whatever it is you want them to do. So if you want them to squat and lift a weight, you will see in real time what is happening to that pressure profile. So you'll see a rise in abdominal pressure. You'll hopefully see a rise in pelvic floor pressure. And you'll do make an assessment based on what you see in real time. Now, because I come from research and I'm evidence-based, <laughs> um, we put the onus back onto you as practitioners to interpret that data. Mm. I was going to say, do we have regular values? Yeah, that's right. How how much do we need the bird up? (laughs) (laughs) So there's, there's no line for the bird. You're really getting your eye in along that profile. So you're just watching what's happening to those bars and you're making a clinical judgment call mm. on whether you want to do whatever it is you want to do. So I know that some physios have done it a squat with a weight and watched mm. what happens. And then they've asked their patient, they've cued their patient, okay, pre-contract mm. now squat. And can mm-hmm. you see that? And that has apparently been really quite helpful for them. 
for, for when they're on the strength training program, we've got a whole lot of back-end algorithms that work on that data and we provide feedback for them on a regular, every time they use that device, every time they use FemFit, they get feedback and they get, and you hopefully will appreciate this, is they get a pelvic floor activation pressure. So they get a pressure that they're, they're generating at the level of the pelvic floor minus abdominal pressure. Mm, so it's wow. really what's happening at that level of the pelvic floor without the influence of the abdominal pressure. You've touched on and mentioned the programs within this, but I don't actually know enough of the details about the programs. So um, I know that Chantal's worked on kind of, you mentioned, is that the strength program? Like you said, there's a couple different programs within the app that people can work on and it's progressive. How many programs and what are they like? Can you give us a bit more detail about the programs for people? Yeah, sure. So the first program is a very simple starter program. Um, and it's all based on Chantelle's work where she has utilized the four types of exercise. So it's a um, typical sort of squeeze, hold, release, repeat. You start lying. Um, you work up to uh, a sitting position or a supported standing, whichever is more comfortable. And then you work up to a fully standing position where the frequency and duration of each session is longer. But at each session, you're still doing your squeeze and holds. You're still doing your quick, rapid contractions, contract, relax. You're doing an endurance. We call an endurance, which is that half lift, full lift, hold, half down and relax. And then we also include the NAC as part of the program. Yep. All those four exercises are taught in inverted commas in the beginning on a starter program. So much shorter of duration, but really getting a lot of how to do your exercises. And then you graduate to the 12-week program. At the end of the 12-week program, there is a keep it going program, a maintenance program, which is lesser frequency. So you're only supposed to do it twice or three times a week. Chantel's program is five times a week, but once a day, five times a week, two days rest. Um, there's a diary option for you to actually, mm. if you want to track it yourself, you just keep going, you get a streak if you've done it all. Um, there's an option to include whether you are having episodes of leakage or not. We also include the ICIQ short form. Oh, nice. Just for you at the beginning, at six weeks and at the end of the program, mm -hmm. um, just to track your symptoms if it's incontinence, that relief that you're after. So we've also had a lot of requests for can you measure down training? And that's mm -hmm. not difficult. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I can imagine I was even... just have the line in the middle mm. and that either go up or they'd go down. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so the, the, the premise could be if you are looking to teach your patient to relax or down train, you could land the bird rather than fly the bird, mm. for instance. Um it's on our to-do list, but it's not the top priority right now. Fair. <laughs> I was even thinking about it as a um, bearing down teacher because, you know, oh, you want intra-abdominal pressure high and then obviously pelvic floor pressure low. And people, mm. we know paradoxical puborectalis is not good for second stage. True. And pelvic floor trauma. Mm. Yeah, because you could push it out. Yeah, great thought. <laughs> 
but mm. it's amazing. I mean, it's got so many amazing features. The flexibility, for one, like, I mean, part of the reason you can't use those, you know, other devices um, is purely because of the shape or the size or, you know, it's too mm. big, can't fit in, too, it falls mm. out, it, it activates obturator internus, it, whatever, it, you know. So it's the um, actual shape and flexibility of it obviously is an incredible feature of the design. Yeah, so the design has taken a lot of iterations to get to this point that it has. What we've instituted probably after you were here, Laurie, in 2020 or 20, end of 2020 or end of 2019 was a um, something called a quality management system, which means that um, we had to have an approved facility that we could have audited in order to get our um, regulatory approval as a medical device, which is a very rigorous process for any company to go through because setting up a quality management system is an awful lot of work. And it's a requirement for the TGA, it's a requirement for the FDA, it's a requirement for or any of those sort of um, regulatory approvals that you need. But it ensures that whatever you put out there on the market is safe. So you go through a very rigorous um, assessment period for all the components of the device um, are safe for use and that it delivers its intended use. It helps women strengthen their pelvic floor and it's effective. And we know the program that we deliver via the app is effective in resolving symptoms of incontinence. We can say that, absolutely, we've got evidence for that. And we've gone through the regulatory approval process so that we are completely compliant with all that to be able to say that. Um, but as I say, it is no mean feat and it's taken a lot of resource and a lot of energy to, to get to that point. But we are now TGA compliant and we have the TGA approval so we can sell in Australia as a medical device. And about six months ago, we got the UKCA mark, which used to be the same as the EU mark for medical devices. But since Brexit, they've split. So now it's costing us twice as much. But <laughs> um, we are now available for purchase and distribution within the UK as well. So, so that Australia and the UK are two big markets at the moment. That's kind of where we're concentrating, looking at growing, um, getting FemFit out to those that need it, and hopefully growing our awareness amongst healthcare professionals. Our channels to market are really going to be through you guys um, more than on our TikTok. <laughs> but what about all the listeners that are in like Canada and the US? What do they do? Yeah, Can um, they get it? Hang yeah. on, Canada and the US. Uh, because we've positioned ourselves as a medical device company, Canada has certain requirements that we still need to meet. And the US is the FDA. So the FDA actually is only about six weeks away and it's taken us a year to get our FDA approvals. And that's because everything needs to be externally validated. So again, a long process, not a cheap process, um, but very close. Will we enter the US market soon? That depends. Um, it depends on how successful we are in these other markets. Uh, but certainly Canada is definitely in our sights because I think the medical system in Canada is similar to, to New Zealand, Australia, UK, in that physios have an autonomy there to practice as physios. They certainly have a wealth of knowledge about pelvic floor muscle 
um, function, dysfunction, what it takes to get those muscles working again properly. We also have lots of really good key opinion leaders in Canada. Um, and in fact, our program is Canadian. We're very delighted that we've got Chantal's program, which we are delivering via the app, mm-hmm. which is really interesting because mm-hmm. we've got a lot of users now who've gone through the program independent of physios with good outcomes. Mm, so they can purchase it themselves, obviously, just um, anyone who needs it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think what's exciting, though, for us is we work in partnerships with several physio clinics, big clinics. And I think partnerships that we've got already, we're getting feedback from the physios. They like to see the progress of their patients. So adherence, as you know, has always been quite problematic. But by having the ability to measure adherence accurately, because you can see it in the app, we also have the ability to share that data if the patient gives us consent with you as practitioners. So what our other clinics are doing is they're looking at that data just before the patient comes in for their next appointment. And they'll be able to see, well, actually, you only did your exercises three times this month. Well, <laughs> but it kind of keeps the the patient, um, if they know the physio is going to look at the data, accountable. So they will do the exercises. So the adherence is, is, is a lot better. Yeah, and we've That's also awesome. implemented of late um, automatic communications with patients. We deliver push notifications and emails and, you know, trying to encourage women to keep going. It's Mm -hmm. like anything. It's like going to the gym, you know, it's hard. It's hard Mm -hmm. yakka. The results seem to be worth it. So, Mm. and it's available in Australia through our distributor, who you all know, Fiona. Yeah. Who's our distributor here? (laughs) Yeah. Fiona Rogers at Pelvic Floor Exercise, yeah. which really, and I've said it on the podcast so many times, is the only place that I buy things um, just because, it, well, mm-hmm. it's just really easy. She has lots of things. She's not paying for this as an advertisement at all. She doesn't know I'm saying this, but um, it's nice when somebody knows about the product and about the reason why people are needing it, because then she can explain, because she gets a lot of questions mm-hmm. from people who are purchasing and buying things all the time. So yeah. It, so when are, when is this out for people to be able to start purchasing? Now. Our push now is to really raise that brand awareness to get ourselves out there, to get ourselves known. Um, as I say, particularly by pelvic floor physios, because we know you guys are really the ones that women need to see. And we think that we can be a real tool in your toolbox to help your patients. Um as I say, it, you do have that extra little facility. You can do your freestyle, should you want to, in the <laughs> clinic. We positioning ourselves as see us as the bridge between appointments. Yeah. So it's not instead of, it's as well as. Yeah, I think it's going to be like um, ultrasound has been for us clinically. Like it really does sound like it can have some powerful clinical implications, which will really inform and maybe change our practice mm-hmm. it really does and i think clients. yeah yeah i think the ultrasound um is such a versatile and useful tool it takes a little bit of learning and i don't i mean laurie hopefully you'll back me up on this but i think the the learning curve 
sometimes is a little steeper than you may imagine so that you can really get the utility of that um, mm. modality to look at function. Whereas with something like FemFit or a pressure profile, it's it's definitely not hard. It's easy. It's easy to see. And actually, Hannah, who was a physio working with me a couple of years ago, did a wonderful master's project where she used FemFit and ultrasound. I was going to ask you about that one. Mm. So she did a great study and it's she's done the, the abstract is published. It's now just getting her to publish the paper. But what we've found is that the change in profile is completely reflected by the change in muscle geometry. Hmm. So you can be confident that what you're seeing as a change in pressure profile is a result of a change in that muscle um, function. As much as we want women to come and see us because they, you know, we, we need to be able to assess them to see if it's appropriate. If we're honest, there's a lot of people that can't get you know, rural positions, placements, like there's a lot of people that can't actually get to physios, can't afford physios, continually going back to physios, that something like this, because of the instructions that you're saying that it guides you through and leads you through, it's actually something that you can start if you find that you don't have anyone to see, you don't know where to see, you can't get to anyone, that this is then something that you can actually start implementing yourself without having to see someone. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you have a look at the website, um, we do pride ourselves that we have a circle of care that you're not just buying a biofeedback device that actually we are there in the background if you are not getting your technique correct we there's a red flag that pops up if there's more than three um within a five day period that there's incorrect technique Mm -hmm. we'll give you some feedback and if we still find that you're still not able to do that we will then ask you to go and see a healthcare practitioner so it's not like you're just going out there and you're in the wild and um, you're by yourself. When you purchase FemFit, you purchase us as well. So, you know, we've got access to physios ourselves. We've got our own in-house physio as well as um, our unique algorithms that run in the background. So we don't look at everybody's data. <laughs> um, that would be too much. But we've got these algorithms or AI. You can call it AI because that's kind of the buzzword now. So mm-hmm. it's just machine learning and it just picks up whether those, whether that ratio of abdominal pressure to pelvic floor pressure is too narrow. In other words, you're squeezing your tummy too much. You're squeezing something else too much and you're not activating pelvic floor. Um, then there will be, an, first of all, an adjustment, an automatic adjustment of the height of the bird. So we'll lower that target automatically Mm. and then if that still doesn't correct the technique and there's still these red flags then we actually go in and um, see what the issues are sometimes it's it's easy to solve and sometimes it's you need a bit more help but yeah so yeah that's super cool okay so we don't we don't want to leave you on your own and we don't want you to just purchase a biofeedback that just you don't know what you're doing because it's hard. Yeah. So how many people do you have working to do the responses or help? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so it's not it's not everyone. It's only it's only those that are flagged. Otherwise the mm. algorithms, oh no, we couldn't do it. Um But is I, it a person or a bot that helps if they get flagged? Oh no, it's a person. 
the botters, me or Hannah. Oh. Sometimes David. Oh my goodness. Because <laughs> oh, wow. there would be a lot of people squeezing their belly, though, right? I mean, um, it's surprisingly not. You know, okay. most people, most people get it, and and they they correct themselves they with themselves. a little bit of advice. Of course, yeah, yeah, good yeah. instructions. Well done. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, this yeah. is beautiful. Are you gonna? Just keep making this one better, or is JunoFem going to have other things in the future? Well, good question. I think JunoFem may well have other things in the future. Mm. For the moment, we're just trying to concentrate on getting FemFit out to those that need it. I'll end with a little anecdotal story. So it was actually during one of the research studies, and uh, we had a participant going through the program, and she was on week. I don't know now, probably about 10. So she's close to the end. And she was in the standing position. She had two little boys and it was breakfast time. And so she was doing her exercises at the same time as making breakfast for the boys. And she had a, her phone on the kitchen bench and she was doing her exercises. And her, apparently her little boys were absolutely fascinated by the bird. And they were like, how are you doing that, mum? And she would say, oh, watch the bird fly. <laughs> it's like magic. 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 I told you kids would like the bird. <laughs> Can we do it? Can we do it? No, you can't. <laughs> I think the, the real take-home message perhaps is this is something we would love physios to use as an adjunct to their practice. We would love you to use it in the clinic as you see fit. And most of all, we would love you to recommend it to patients that need pelvic floor muscle strengthening and to be reassured that the device is the most valid device out there. We'll let you go. I will see you in September. Yeah, definitely. Yes, in Canada. I can't wait. You girls should come. It'll be fun. Um, and it's a good program. It's a really uh, nice looks, program for physios this year. We've, I think we put together a really nice program. So we will let you go. Joe and Tam, are you happy to stay on for one more minute? Yep. Yes. Afterwards? Yeah. Okay. okay. Excellent. Thanks, Thanks Jenny. Okay. Lovely to meet you, Jenny. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Well, she would yeah. be good to get back on because her research actually is fucking awesome because she was a midwife, right? And and mm. she was for so many years and she was looking at um, runners and why potentially they weren't birthing as well, which led her That's to right. look at the pelvic floor and all the pressures inside, hence designing this amazing device. Um, but the other stuff, Joe, you looked at a few as well. It's amazing. Yeah, what she's incredible. Done. Well, she's looked at um, well, she's looked at athletes. She's looked at you know um, incontinent athletes and so nulliparous athletes incontinent and what's the story with their pelvic floors. Um, so we've quoted her research a lot around. Um, you know, her findings that actually their pelvic floors are pretty, pretty goddamn functional, whether they're <laughs> um, leaking or not. Um, and then all and then all of her stuff in pregnancy as well. She's worked with um, deets and she's yeah. looked mm-hmm. at. She did her PhD under him. Uh, 
Uh-huh. Is right, that what it was? Unbeam, was, was, it? was come, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's modeled childbirth, done all the the computer modeling of what the levators do. So puberectalis does. Did she do that? Or- yep. Yep. Right. Yep. I in, think in so. That- Let's hope so because right. I'm saying it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, it's been done a thousand times before. I'm just, I don't know why she would have done uh, that. I don't know. Have. Well, yeah, I think she definitely did. Um, there's also, there was one from 2020. She looked at whether those that was postpartum, those with forceps or a prolonged second stage or OAC had a higher stiffness in their pelvic yes. floor postpartum. So using, I think, elastometry. Yes. I really understand that. And she found that they did. So they had a stiffer pelvic floor if mm. they had those outcomes. But of course, Laurie, this will make more sense to you because it always confuses me with research. But obviously that does not, not we're not sure whether high pelvic floor muscle stiffness antenatally is therefore a risk factor or whether they just, you know, uh, occurring together. So it doesn't mean it caused it just because it was mm. there. That's right. Yeah. Mm. I was um, just, almost not listening to you just because I went on to Google Scholar and I went, how many oh, articles does this- she have? There's 97. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Hyperpressives and exercise. That was cool. 2023, yeah. she looked at. I was going to say, I think well. she did, yeah, a relatively recent one. Um, yeah. Yeah. It must be the hyperpressive ones. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. No, actually, the last one she was just involved with, brilliant article Strenuous Physical Activity, Exercise, and Pelvic Organ Prolapse, a narrative scoping review. And it's not just awesome because she cited my work, it's actually <laughs> a really, really good article. <laughs> I'll read that put one, that one in the show notes, Laurie. Oh, put that put one that in one the show in notes. The, yeah, I'll put that one in the show notes. But man, but I think just we. Lo- so. I think the other reason we love it is um, it it feels like her theories or hypotheses are so similar mm. to ours, and you, and mm. then you kind of thought about it because you've seen something clinically, and then you read her article, and we're like, yes. Yes, mm. thank you, Jenny. That's right. And then using this 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 little pressure transducer the whole time, right? And then and then now we get to use it. That is pretty cool. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> um you. and Dr. Kruger. <laughs> <laughs>